A man become preeminent, he's expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Pull Hitter Podcast. This is Robbie D, the Dead Pull Hitter. You can always catch me on the Twitter X machine at Dead Pull Hitter, the Pull Hitter Pod at Pull Hitter Pod. Catch me on Patreon as well, patreon.com. Search in Pull Hitter Fantasy Baseball. Got a lot of stuff happening there. Five bucks a month. You can get access to player breakdowns, draft boards, Discord access, which is booming. Everyone talk about fantasy baseball. It's a great community. We're all making each other better. We're all sharing insights and debating fun stuff. A lot of different threads to get involved with and hop in. Um, got Randy Haynes on the pod today, my good friend, fantastic fantasy baseball analyst and baseball mind. We talk about the recent news in base, Major League Baseball, Jack Contrario, Sonny Gray, Kenta Maeda, Nick Martinez, Luis Severino, and then we do a market watch segment. We take the NFBC draft champion, ADP from October and November. We find the little biggest movers, biggest decliners, uh, fallers per se in ADP, and not in terms of raw volume because someone who goes from four 430 to um, 460 is different from someone who falls from 50 to 80 so or rises the same amount 30 picks so kind of put a little different spin on it put a little formula into it to kind of see the biggest percentage changes for people uh, depending on their draft spot so um, yeah we hit uh, a couple of followers a couple of risers and yeah, I think everyone is going to like this podcast. We hit it on a bunch of different things. And we also talk about Champions League to start off, which Randy is getting involved with and doing his first ever main event. So if anyone needs any information on the Champions League, please let me know. It's up to 40 people now. So the pot for 2025 in that Championship League is already up to 10 grand. So ask away. Contact Toby or anyone in the NFBC or myself and we'll get you um, more focused on what that has to entail. So uh, enjoy the pod with Randy. All right, welcome back to the Pull Hitter Podcast, your destination for actionable fantasy advice and resources. I'm here with my friend and good fantasy player, Randy Haynes. Randy, what is going on, buddy? It's going, man. Just ready, excited for this pod. Yeah, got got, got a couple more news items this week to go through. Things are starting to happen. You know? Things are starting to happen. I know. I was... Um, just thinking it would be so cool to be in the thick of it all down in Nashville, right? And just yeah. uh, be amongst 
the baseball uh, kingdom of, of of GMs and scouts, whoever the hell's there. It just must be so cool rubbing yeah. elbows with people. How do you feel about how MLB's offseason is compared to, like, especially the NFL and the NBA, where they have, you know, like, seems like 90% of their player movement is done within, like, five days in, in their offseason compared to, I know we had a little bit of it last year, right before the lockout, a bunch of guys signed in that, like, couple of days leading up to it. But, you know, a, a traditional offseason is, you know, it's like this. You get, like, one move every two or three days and it drags out. Like, where do you stand? I mean, I would love it for for it to be quicker. Um, yeah, there should be some kind of window where, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Like, if you sign after this point, and then you know you're not eligible for as much as you get earlier. I don't know. I don't know if that's well. They could not, just do. It. I mean, well, just... that's how the yeah. Well, the others like I know the the NFL. They have it where the uh, I think they just consider it like their league New Year. Like you can't do anything from the time, you know. The yeah. Super Bowl ends until the league new year, other than like, you know, retirements and, and whatnot. Um, they could yeah. easily do that. You know, I, I think the NBA, I feel like is always around like 4th of July is like when, when stuff happens there, but, and that's just because they have, you know, you can't, you can't do anything from the time the playoffs end until X date. They could, they could do that if they wanted to, if they wanted to. Yeah, they probably, could. I mean, it still um, wouldn't be just the way baseball rosters are. It still wouldn't be everything all in a couple of days. But it would be nice to have this kind of flurry of, like, a, just a big flurry of activity over the course of a few days. And this year is just so different because we have Otani, and we just want to see yeah. where he lands and what he gets and what team he goes yeah. to. Like, uh, just all those, all the dominoes of that. It's yeah. just we never had a free agent like this. Um, you know, I yeah, mean, exactly. he's been here before, but we didn't know that. You know, we didn't know the he hype was of Otani yeah. here. Then we know he's going to be not even what he expected and more. So, um, I would, I'm hoping this weekend gives us something, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think any team that thinks they're even remotely in, in the running for Otani isn't going to make any kind of significant move that would hinder it until until they know for sure Otani is on, you know, whoever he ends up on. Yep. Totally agree. So uh, before we get into some news and uh, transactions, we're going to also do the new segment called Market Watch, where we're going to compare some DC ADP from November compared to October. And we're going to go over some of the Minnesota Twins. Um, you know, we people go through uh, team previews. We're not going to go in any alphabetical order. We're just going to pick some teams that we think are interested, um, interesting in terms of ADP and, and drafting and uh, hit them. So we're doing the Twins today. Um, but before we do that, I want to talk about the NFBC Champions League that you just signed up for, Randy. So tell tell everyone why you signed up for it. And also, I believe, um, like you told me, it's your first main event. So all that stuff, I think this is exactly the kind of spirit and um, enthusiasm that Toby was hoping for to get other people involved and looking to you know grow the NFBC and just this format itself. So why don't you give everyone a little peek into why you why you did it? I kind of just once I like, like you mentioned, um, this is going to be the first year I've done the main. I've just you know built up the bankroll to where I'm comfortable, you know, dipping my toes in that water. And whether there was a Champions League or not, I would have done that this year. But once that was announced, and I kind of kind of thought about it a little bit, I was like, that's kind of a no brainer. I mean, I've been doing OCs. I was going to do OCs. Um, you know, I I love the twelves. I have pretty good success in OCs, and 
I was always going to do those. Actually, the the I guess the only couple of the main thing that was actually holding me back was the DCs. I didn't want to do any. I think oh. I told you about this. I didn't want to do any DCs this year because I just felt like it was like kind of wasting my prep time for fab leagues. I know they're they're a blast, but you know the time you spend on your you know your late round pick, you could be spending on guys you're actually going to draft in fab leagues. But I'm just like, all right, well that's a I can do one DC. Like that's a dumb reason to not do this you know, potentially really awesome contest, especially the more people that that get signed up. And I think obviously it's December 2nd. There's going to be more people that sign up. But even if uh, even if nobody else signs up, I mean, it's 40 people. It's a it's a pretty good chunk of change. And it's just it's awesome. I mean, to say to have a to have something like that, you know, where you can really point to, you know, some of the best players. And I've I've heard some people say they don't want to have to feel obligated to come to Vegas the following year. And I definitely considered that I've never had the chance, the opportunity really to get out to Vegas, but I'll deal with that bridge. If I'm lucky enough to, you know, to qualify for the champions league, I'll figure it out then. But yeah, I'm yeah, excited. I think, I think it's amazing. Right. Don't worry about yeah. that. Like, don't worry yeah. about that part until you get there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, and that's just for me. Like I'm like, I'm bad about planning my life like three weeks ahead of time, you know, let alone like a year and a half <laughs> yeah. ahead of time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I'll, I'll deal with that when I get there. And I'm just, you know, it, I think it's, I think it's awesome. I know there's been some, should it be like an auction part of it too, but we could, you know, we can see how this thing goes, honestly, and see if there's a way to, to maybe add in, add in a fourth format to it or, or replace right. one of them. But I just, I just think something like this, no matter what makes it up, main DC, OC, auction, you know, whatever wants to make it up. I, I just think it's, I, I told Toby uh, this after I signed up, I just think it's an amazing, amazing contest that, that you all came up with. So. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. They're, like, this is the first year, so it doesn't have to be like this forever. Um, this is what we kind of decided on based on the auction. The OLAC was actually originally a part of it. Um, but then when we did some numbers, we found out that we'd be restricting ourselves to like, you know, I think 78 people did the OLAC online championship in a main, mm-hmm. I mean, DC in a main last year. But when you th- you swapped out the OC for the auction, mm-hmm. um it was it doubled so that was yeah. just the thing was like okay that could be a bigger prize pool more people would be interested and then we kept that auction kind of um you know format yeah, in I, there with it being the you know the next step the champion the actual champions yeah, league I, so i do agree that the champions league every year going forward the actual league i do, I do think that should be an auction i mean if you're gonna you know, you're going to have this idea that it's the best of the best, but then have it be kind of a snake draft. And I know, so I know some people have strengths and weaknesses when it comes to snakes and auctions, but I do think that's how it kind of should be. You know, if you're just thinking about it, big picture, that's, that's how, it sh- that's how something like that should be decided. Yeah, absolutely. So like you said, um, maybe something could be added or switched in the following year. We'll see how this goes, but yeah, like you said, 40 people right now, the pot is, um, already sitting at more than a main event win for the champions league in 2025. It's already at 10 grand. So, um, and I think more people will sign up. I hope, I hope we get to like a hundred. That would be really cool. Like, I think that's a number that yeah. we can realistically shoot for to December 2nd. You know, we got all these free holes mm-hmm. are still playing football. Um, <laughs> and, 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 you know, probably going to wait until they get their earnings there and swap it over to baseball. Um, but. Um, I'm pretty excited for it, but I'm glad you're in. I know you're going to do really well. And, uh, you know, we, it's funny because like, we know everybody involved, we kind of know. So we have to be competing with friends, with people yep. we talk to often, but, um, that's the, you know, I think that's and the it whole is, spirit of it. 
it is a nice way if you don't end up in a regular league. I mean, I know there's always been the overalls and stuff, but I think with this being almost like a, a very, a very small specific overall, you're, you know, you're in with a bunch of people that you already know that you might not be competing with in other leagues. So I, I think that that's a little added bonus there. Yep. 100 percent all right so let's hit some recent mlb news and transactions let's start off with the youngster jackson churio um signed an eight year 80 million dollar contract that can go up to 140 if everything is met um in the specifics of the contract but i just wanted to get your opinion on a couple of things start on the contract and obviously you know oh it's like luis robert and eloy jimenez have been kind of how my successful signings of it. There have been some bad signings that have gone this route. Uh, But just the thoughts on the contract and what you think the Brewer direction is now. Are they going to just go youth and this is part of it? Or are they going to try to win a little bit more? Um, And then the last thing, your idea, uh, your your thinking of his ADP and where it's going to, you know, expect to go. Right now he went in the past couple of gladiators um he went like 125 137 so there's already an uptick in um you know his adp from previous to now so spin it all into uh give me your thoughts on jackson churio yeah i mean the brewer's direction i i don't know that this i i don't know that this definitely signals their direction one way or the other i think it's just kind of one of those things where they can lock up a guy for you know, for eight years at a cost controlled price and a franchise like that is always going to, they're always going to take that opportunity, whether they think they're going to be in the playoffs this year or not. Uh, as an Orioles fan, I'm jealous that they have the ability to do this with some of their younger guys. Right. right. It's, yep. Yeah. It's fr- that part is frustrating, but I, <laughs> I think, I mean, draft wise, he, in the last month, he didn't even go in every gladiator. Um, there was two gladiators that in the last month that he wasn't even drafted in. So I think obviously that's going to change, but you're going to see, you know, the men's already, like you said, 137 in the last month, I believe. And that's, I mean, that's probably going to be the average going forward. Right. You know, we saw what happened yeah. last year, similar to Volpe. I mean, I know <laughs> some people will say Volpe got an extra boost because of the team he plays for, but I think, I mean, we see this every year. Everybody wants the shiny new toy and that's nothing against, against Churio himself, but I mean, he's, going to be a is he going to be debut at 19 is he going to debut he all right so he will turn 20 march 11th so he'll have just turned 20 you know a couple weeks before the season starts uh, that's that's a lot of pressure yeah uh, but even you know even if you just take even if you just take steamer you know 15 15 a 253 average that's respectable especially for someone at that age you know he's probably not going to earn his draft cost if he settles inside the top 100 if he gives you that stat line but he's also not going to kill you. And there's also that whatever, you know, what, 10, 15% chance that he just like hits the ground, just completely mashing. And we're like, Oh wow. He's a first round redraft pick next year already. Like that's, that's definitely a scenario as well. If you just kind of look at his skills that he's displayed throughout the minors, I'm probably not going to end up with him if he, especially if he gets inside the top hundred, but I, you know, I just kind of have to tip my cap to anybody that, that wants to pay that price. Yeah, I think you framed it really well, too. It Maybe it doesn't signal a direction. I think we're all looking for if it's going to signal a direction for the Brewers. And, uh, yeah, also, too, you know, when you get guys like him and, um, you know, the excitement for, like, even, like, a Wyatt Langford and 
I have nothing against these players in general. Um, you know, it's just the risk is something that I, I try to avoid, um, especially now in draft champion season. Um, you know, the stakes get higher in fab seasons, the more money. So um tend to stay a little bit, you know, away from risk that early as well. But yeah, like you mentioned, the steamer projection is, is pretty solid on him, without a doubt. A 17-16 season um, and 525 plate appearances, that's that's good. But that's also like Leo Havera's projection at like pick 250, yeah. right? So, um, you know, you can get that kind of stat line from even like Zach Nito at pick 280. <laughs> like, you know, like, and I'm not knocking, yeah. uh, again, Churio. It's just, like you said, there's, there is that ISOC shot, the 10, 15% chance that he, okay, he lands at 2020, right? Um, but I don't know, like, do you, do you feel like he's in that, you know, Julio Rodriguez range where he's like, primed or ready to do this i think with like j-rod we kind of felt a little more confident right is it because of the age he had a little bit more under his belt before he the age definitely factors in i mean 20 yeah. years old playing in the major leagues is a, is a i mean just for him to be able to get there is an amazing accomplishment on its own yep absolutely uh, but yeah i i don't i you know even like a bobby witt type season you know even though witt maybe had some real life flaws for fantasy it was amazing and you know, Jay, like you mentioned with J-Rod, I don't think he's going to be viewed quite like that. But, you know, all, I mean, we've seen it before. All, we know he's going to be in the opening day roster now. All it takes is a hot spring training. And, I mean, all that, all that's going to go out the window. There's going right. to be somebody in every – there's going to be one person in every league that's like, yeah, why wouldn't I take this guy in the eighth round, you know? Right, right. No, absolutely. Um, Yeah, and, and I do think that he he's – definitely not going to go um backwards right now with his adp it's it's yeah the only thing his... that would yeah i said the only thing that would make that go down is if he had an injury in spring training you know right like, it's you know it's that, here to stay yeah yeah that, <laughs> it's, it's gonna be his like like we said his min is 137 right now that's probably going to be his his adp going forward I mean, somewhere yeah. in that ballpark, right? Hundred percent. Yeah, I think I think the the one twenty five one was maybe in a slow draft that that's currently going. That mm -hmm. one of the members in a Discord threw out mm -hmm. there. Um, yeah, yeah. I is, just had I just had gladiators pulled up for the last month, but yeah, right, right. Um, which is also like you know a great benefit of the Discord, right? We, we, mm -hmm. Like everyone so active in draft and we're sharing boards and we look like oh my god we're making announcements. Yeah, Troyo just went there. Or like when Nick Anderson signs, like oh Nick Anderson just got picked here, and um, it, it's cool. It's it, it's cool to see that happening live. You don't have to dig for it everywhere on the NFPC site, but. Yeah, Turio is going to be interesting. I, I'm, I can tell you right off the bat, like I'm probably not going to draft him at all this season. But um, yeah, doesn't same. mean I'm not rooting for him to do well. You know, it's just, it's just, uh, it's just the cost that I'm, I'm not willing to take. I said you can get those kind of stats later on. Um, Sonny Gray to St. Louis. Give me a thought on Sonny Gray himself. I think there's a lot of talk about him out there that he's kind of like overperforming. Um, his, his, you know just like doing better than he should um i'm on the other side of the fence i think sonny gray has been obviously there's that injury thing that people keep popping up but um to me i think gray is super super solid pitcher he added a sweeper that was 
completely untouchable <laughs> this season and he just seems to be that kind of pitcher that is going to evolve great as he gets older because he's just so crafty and he throws so many different pitches you know to different handedness and um now he goes to uh a st louis team which is a decent park for him to pitch in i don't know i just um me i, I kind of think that the price is right for him in in adp right now um and um i think it's only going to get better for him going forward what do you think about sunny gray yeah you kind of nailed it there i mean he has maybe overperformed a hair the last couple of years but even if even if you just look at you know even if you just take his sierra right like if you just want to be super basic and just say okay well he's overperformed his sierra by a little bit but the sierras are both still the last several years below four you know so we'll We'll take that, especially at cost with, a, you know, he's never going to be a strikeout monster, um, but he's going to give you enough. He's going to average, you know, he averages roughly a K in inning, which is kind of all you can ask for, you know, when you get later, not later into the draft, but, you know, where he's going, pick one, yeah. you know, 25-ish or whatever yep. he's gone in the last month. So, yeah, I mean, it's the the injury risk for a 34-year-old pitcher is is there, obviously, for any 34-year-old, but that's kind of also baked into the price a little bit. You know, yep. I mean, if he was, if he was 27 putting up these stats, he'd be going, you know, probably two, two rounds higher, three rounds higher. You know, so I think that's the injuries baked in, you know, we've seen him, you know, for the most part when he does miss time, it's usually never like the entire season or half a season, you know, he's had, you know, since 2014, if you take out the shortened season, he's never made less than 23 start or 22 starts. So I'd, even if he does miss some time, it's not gonna it's not gonna cripple your season. Yeah, I I, I totally agree. And you're not asking him to be your anchor of your staff at yeah. that like 125, 130 range in ADP, the perfect SP three to plug in. Um, in my opinion, you know, like I said, like I, I think the home runs per nine is something that a lot of people are pointing to. Is that not being something that's sustainable and Obviously not. He didn't give up many homers at all last season. Only yeah. eight, you know, eight, and he gave up thirty-five barrels. And I was like, you know, the barrel thing for pitchers is not as sticky as batters, and you know that ratio of home runs leaving the park that were barreled up for him was really like low. Twenty-three percent league average is fifty-eight and a half. So he can go backwards that way, but um, I feel confident like his ball percentage is under thirty-six percent. So he's not gonna like put guys on to get in super trouble there. And like I said said just like um you know added added it almost a tick to his fastball too which was pretty interesting to see um and he just started throwing his cutter more and then that sweeper is just like like i mentioned it was just unbelievable this season it had an expected woba of 155 on it with a 22 and a half percent swing and strike rate and that gives him like a full arsenal of pitchers you know and he throws it he just mixes his pitches so well to lefties and righties and um you know i i think i i think it's a great signing by the cardinals i know cardinal fans want more but um sometimes you have to be happy with what you get you know um yeah yeah so i mean every team in the you know how many half the half the league wants wants to improve their starting rotation right now you know right. it's there's only so much out there i mean right. if you were you so the couple starters that are going right ahead of him over the last like, you know, couple of weeks. I mean, I think the guy that let's see for gladiators anyway, you got Hunter Green going right in front of him. I mean, that's that's more probably just what what does your staff look like? Right. 100%. When you make that when you make that pick, like do you need a little more safety or do you 
like mm-hmm. take a swing. Mm-hmm. Uh, or yeah, and then even Cease is right ahead of that. That's kind of we'll see where he ends up. You know, I think most teams that he would get traded to, his price is going to go up just just because he's not going to be on the White Sox anymore. So maybe he doesn't stay there. But Sonny Gray Scherzer, Sonny Gray Gavin, Gavin Williams, Sonny Gray Chris Bassett. I would take Sonny Gray over Chris Bassett every single time. So yes. I, th- I think he's probably right where right where he should go. Yep, exactly. He's just one of those picks that you just take and you'd be happy you plug it in and you get exactly what you paid up for him. Um and I totally agree. It's like it's all depending on your build, right? And it's maybe if you went Logan Webb up top and you want some more K's, you go Hunter Green there. Um, yeah. You know, uh, but it's not wrong. Sending Gray. And another thing, too, that I really like is he's minimized damage versus lefties. Only a 638 OPS allowed versus lefties. And um, that's just a nice, solid number. Only four home runs allowed to them so when you can get out both handedness with your arsenal just think it makes it um a really solid pick um Kenta Maeda goes to Detroit Tigers and you know I think Maeda himself is a really solid signing for them I think for drafting purposes right now I know teams um you're going you know teams are going to go through multiple pitchers starting pitchers per season but I think this does give me a little bit more of a wariness in picking um, a guy like maybe Reese Olsen or Sawyer Gibson Long, you know, had some hesitancy to start with, but they just seems like they have so many guys there and whether or not I, I can make an impact like Mize and Manning is one thing, but then they have a slew of guys in the minors that are ready to come up to like in Job and Madden and Flores. So I, I think I like, I like I like the spot for Maeda, but now I'm also back backing off those those back end guys a little bit too. I don't know if you feel the same way or similar. Yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with you. I, I think this isn't going to change Maeda's ADP too much. I mean, it is a nice park to pitch in. Yep, the Detroit should hopefully be a little better, but we've we've said that in the past, and it hasn't happened. So you know, maybe the wins the wins aren't going to change too yeah, much. That a, but, that, yeah, that had a winning record in the second half. You know, they did. They did. <laughs> it's only one half. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you said, it it kind of puts those guys that I think a lot of people were were interested on. I, I don't know. I'm I don't know about you. I feel like Olson's probably probably pretty safe into the rotation and maybe even Manning. I don't um, know. But, I don't know. I feel <sighs> I love resulting like last year. You know. Um, yeah, maybe and, I'm overrating how the fantasy community feels about him compared to how the Tigers themselves actually feel about him. Right. I mean, I, last year when he came up, I loved it. You know, he was like one of the, you know, doing the deep dives on the Patreon and like he was one of the first, again, trying to dive on actionable stuff. And he was one of the first pitchers they really dove super hard into. And I was like, oh, I love this stuff. And the minors, you know, you can look at the StatCast stuff now in the minors and see that he had a full arsenal with a lot of swinging strikes on the different pitches, but I don't really trust his four seamer. Like I don't really trust the fastball. I don't think it's, I don't know. I just think that he's going to be a perfect swing kind of guy, like a, you know, a bridge guy, maybe um, doesn't really have a great out pitch versus lefties. Maybe I'm being too nitpicky, but I just feel like it, it's too risky right now for me in terms of, mm-hmm. I said, just the, Surrounding things, uh, I just think he's gonna be better off as a spot starter, bridge reliever type. But um, I could be wrong. He could prove me wrong and come back with a a better. Uh, yeah, a better I, and the, if you think about it from like the Tigers' perspective, if Manning and Mize are healthy and pitching, you know, even remotely competently in spring right. training, um, they're gonna 
they're going to give those guys the nod. I mean, those were, you know, Mize was the first pick. Yeah, yeah, Mize was the first pick in the draft, and Manning was a top, you know, what ten pick. Uh, You know, those are the guys that they've been they've been promising to their fans for years now. They're going to let them crack. So it probably does come down to Olson versus Gibson Long, and then that's assuming, you know, it wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world for them to sign a, you know. Wade Miley, Rich Hill, whatever. I, I don't think they will, but it's not. It's, it's at least on the table still, you know, this early in the yeah. offseason. And it seemed like that, that they have, you know, they have these young guys, but these young guys, and then you throw Scooble in there. And then Maeda, you know, he's got his own health issues. You know, they, they know they're Harris not getting a full. The record, they're, sorry, yeah. But, yeah. But Scott Harris is on the record saying that he's, 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 he's going for more starting pitching. Like he, he said, he said, okay. That. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Okay. Yeah. Well then yeah, there you I go. Totally agree um, with you. Yep. Well, cause they, they probably know that the guys that they have are, they're not getting 200 or not <laughs> held, not even 180 innings out of any of these guys, most likely, <laughs> um, you know, but yep. my so is good. My age is good. He's good. I mean, he's, yeah. he, you know, he, he had a really rough stretch in what was that? Like May of last year or late April where he was just, I mean, couldn't get anybody out, but then you see when he came, you know, once he came back, I think he was pr- clearly trying to pitch through something. So I, yes. Yeah. I mean, he's right. just a nice, he's just a nice sneaky guy that you take late because at the draft table, everyone's like, Oh, I know I'm going to have to cut this guy at some point. He's not going to last. Let me take this other guy. I think can last, but you know, at some point, the, at some point he drops enough where it's like, okay, yeah, I know I'm going to have to cut this guy, but everybody else in this round is probably going to be cut anyway. So let me just take the guy that I know I can get you know, maybe 10 good starts out of first before, before something crops up and he's got to go on the IL. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, in that 250 range for him, um, you get, you get 20, 20 to 25 starts, hopefully, you know, and you just get like um, a, an ability to plug him in um, at home for sure. You know, yeah, 27% K rate, right. You know, 27% K rate last year, the swinging strike was up at 12 and a half. Doesn't, um, Still got a solid O swing at thirty point seven above league average, and that it's just got that splitter too. You know that that's just such mm-hmm. a such a big weapon for him. Um, and yeah, it just he's a he's a solid back end rotation guy. I don't think you can go wrong with Maeda. Um, you know, and especially especially in a Fab League, you know, like you mentioned, a twelve team OC when that gets started up. You throw him as like your SP nine ten on your team, and if he if he stinks, then you just chop him, you know. And it's, mm-hmm. it's not really a big value to him. You're probably going to turn that spot most likely anyway through pitchers. So, um, yeah, I think it's a good signing for Detroit and to add depth and to add some mm-hmm. some experience. And 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 yeah, like I said, I think the back end of this is is not as uh, safe as we think. Um, and and like you mentioned, the volume from all their pitchers might not be there. They'll probably get a buck fifty from you know the the top two guys if you know if everything goes right. I don't know how much they're gonna throw at Scooble. You know, um, there could be some want to like reduce him um, his load, but I, I don't know. He could be just ready to let it all out. You know, I, I don't know when he came back last year. He it wasn't too bad. He, he went 5.4 innings pitch per game start, but he averaged only 81 pitches per, per, per game start. and had five games where he went under 80 pitches. So mm-hmm. there's some risk there that they're just going to, you know, not baby him, but not let him go um, 110 pitches, you know, ever. Yeah, no. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right, let's hit um what about Nick Martinez to the Reds? You know, Nick Martinez is kind of polarizing. He's able to... You know, I think every time I consider drafting him in draft champion, I'm like, well, he can give me a start. And if he ends up being a, a three inning, 
save guy i could you know i like that too but what's your thoughts on nick martinez yeah. obviously it he might be a guy like, start on the road <laughs> yeah well it, well it seems like the initial reports where they kind of view him as a starter i guess we'll see how things shake out you know when when spring training rolls around but i'm just i'm definitely not interested in cincinnati now even though he is a he is if, if you're the if you're the reds you're probably thinking like okay let's go get some the heaviest ground ball pitchers we can find you know, with the park we have in and, and Martinez does always have good ground ball rates, but the, the, you know, the swing strike rate is, is, is good enough, but you see him as a starter last year and it just, it just wasn't the same. And I think he had the results he had were, I think a little inflated by, you know, BABIP and strain rate. I mean, a two fourteen BABIP as a starter. I mean, obviously it's, that's not going to continue all season. Yeah. And I just, I'm not, there was a scenario where if he signed with a certain team, that maybe I would throw a dart at the end of a draft, but he's just not, I'm, I'm not going to be dry. DC. Sure. You know, like I said, you get some road starts or you just need innings, or if he does end up having to go into the bullpen, maybe you'd be even, you know, even more interested in using him then. But um, for, for fab teams, uh, I, I can't imagine him being on any of my fab teams this year. Yeah. I, I, Right now, I, I'm definitely going to um, agree with that. I don't know if they're going to have him do anything different with his arsenal. You know, I don't know if they see, like you mentioned, he's a solid ground ball pitcher uh, this year at 50, almost 54% um, overall. And yeah, I think he's a good, you know, DC weapon just in case he's better than expected or you want to play him on the road. But on a fab team, I would. Probably, you know, he's probably just going to be a guy that gets recycled a lot. <laughs> he's streamed he's, he's going to be on a lot of teams <laughs> yeah. in every league. Yeah. 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 He's going to be a stream guy. Um, what do you feel about how it does to like Brandon Williamson and um, Connor Phillips who now, you know, one would assume if Martinez is going to start or, or not in that top five. Again, you know, we're going on the notion that all teams will need as many starting pitchers as possible, but and right now, like in a draft champion, do you have some more hesitancy in grabbing uh, Brandon Williamson? Because, I mean, his 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 ADP is is pretty – it's not, you know, free, as as the kids say. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, four, it's 492. <laughs> um, so yeah. it's not um, – Yeah, sure. I mean, at that – it's going to – and I'm sure now it might even drop a little bit from there um, with, this, with this signing. And then you just kind of look at the roster – I mean, sure, I, I would I would take him there, but I, I'm not a. I, I guess I'm not really into Williams Williams so much to begin with, and mm -hmm. now that he doesn't, okay. I mean, it's going to be hard for him to crack that rotation. You know, I mean, injuries obviously could open up a spot, um, but as of right now, we don't, you know, we don't know anything about any any potential injuries that are coming down the pike for who's set in the rotation. Right. So he's he should stay, he should stay, yeah, around that 500 around that 500 range. But I mean, if you, if, if you're someone that is into Williamson, I mean, this is the time to, to really start scooping them up in DCs. hundred percent, you know, yeah. cause I do think the price is going to drop because his rotation spot is, I don't think it was set in stone, you know, even before the Martinez signing, right. obviously, but now you've, now you've got someone that they have said, at least they want to try as a starter. They gave him, you know, the contract they gave him was, was surely one of, you know, a, a number five starter. So, uh, yeah, I'd, I would, but I wasn't much interested in Williams to begin with anyway. No, that's definitely fair enough. I think he definitely 
made some strides from like the first half to the second half of the season did Williamston um you know he lowered his k rate uh he lowered his walk rate from nine and a half to seven percent so it was some good improvements he made but it's still I think is a lack of swing and miss and he's not like extremely um effective in the zone and you know he plays in a park that's gonna um really damage him if he keeps giving up a bunch of um, fly balls. He gives up above fly ball percentage of 43%. So, um, yeah, definitely I think it's a back-end guy. I'm not super, super interested. I, I like Connor Phillips a little more than him, even though his surface numbers kind of stunk. I do think that he has, like, the kind of stuff in the fastball that could that could work, you know. Um, but these guys might go to, like, drop even more. They're both in the 490 range. And if they go down into the, you know, five by 5600 i think they then maybe there's like a buying opportunity yeah they're, they're definitely both guys i would say most definitely will make starts in the majors this year mm-hmm. so if you like i mean yeah either guy if you have a preference um i think now's probably the time to to grab you know to start grabbing them in dcs yep um let's stay with the reds real quick before we get to louis Deverino, but they mm-hmm. they scooped up emilio pagan um bangraft definitely had the best um headline a million homers i was like yeah. oh my god this is this is super classic but you know any any um i guess interest in him as a diaz handcuff or a late save spec um because like diaz didn't really have a great you know like last six weeks of the season and i don't know if anyone's you know thinking he's just like he's gonna be fine and he's gonna be the closer all season again but there is some risk there uh- but What's your thoughts on that, you know, that, that red bullpen? Yeah, I think Diaz definitely, because they had that stretch, you know, when they started calling all the kids up and even, and then again, even into August and stuff where they had a chance to make the playoffs and they, I I think they just wore him down, honestly. I mean, they were using him so they were using him frequently and it was never, it was never three outs. It was, you know, four or five outs at a time and you know you, mm-hmm. you have to go go up and down when you're going across multiple innings i just i think he just wore down um and maybe that's going to be a risk going forward for him where he's just not going to still be the same guy come september but i'm not i'm not as worried about alexis ds um right now and obviously pagan is that's the kind of the signing that you want to see where it's like okay this is pagan is definitely better than anything they had in their bullpen especially towards the end of the year uh, last year, I, you know, Sims is still Sims Lucas Sims is still decent enough, but that's, that's kind of it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm not interested in that park. I mean, that headline is obviously like, you know, it, 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 that kind of says it all for me. Like, yeah, even if he, if he ends up, you know, if something happens to Diaz and Pagan's the guy, obviously, I mean, if you need saves, you need saves. Like you can't, you know, you can't just keep waiting, but I no, I'm not, I would actually still rather throw a dart at Sims if I'm fishing in the Reds bullpen in DCs. I think I would rather go that route um, than Pagan. I just that's it's just the worst worst possible part yeah. for him. No, I mean, it's it it just it, there's no other there's just no other way to say it. I mean, it's the worst possible part for him. And you know, maybe he does get some saves this year, but I'm I'm not interested. Yeah, I know that you know he 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 got some different characteristics on his pitches now that kind of helped them. And I just feel like, you know, the twins do some real gold with their pitches in the they last do. couple they of do. years. And so now, and not to say, I mean, the, the Reds are a heavy analytical team too. So I, I, I think there's, there's capacity to definitely keep them in line, but there's also, 
like you said, Great American Ballpark. Um, maybe Sims is, you know, kind of better. Um, I just do have a lot of reservations about Diaz. Um, like, and I know it's just, it's just one half. It's just a tail of a half, and it could be that he was, um, you know, just getting overworked, but. You know, the second half was really, really scary. And I know the velocity on the fastball didn't change. Like, nothing really. I tried to dig in. Like, the velocity on a slider didn't change. He threw the slider more. So, I don't know if that hindered him in the second half. But second half, he had 27 innings, 30 games um, of a... Of a of a nasty 509 Sierra, uh, 14% walk rate. He threw a ball 40, almost 42% of the time. Uh, and his own contact flew up still way better than league average at 80.6, but he was hovering in that 73 range. So I, I'm just a little nervous, I think, on on his performance, I think, on a whole, you know, for the season. So I think that's why my, my interest goes to, well, is there any value in the back half of the red bullpen that we can get, like, you know, super late in, in draft champions? Cause they're all, they're all going late. So you can have your pick mm -hmm. if you, if you feel, um, like I, he's, he's one of the guys that, and you know, I've done tons of gladiators. I, I, I've gotten a piece of pretty much every closer up at the top, but except for him, <laughs> he's just one guy. I'm not going near, and I could be wrong. It could be totally wrong. And well, no, I mean it's up in that. Yeah. But when you're shopping up in that range, I mean you have to try to, you have yeah. to try to narrow it down the best you can. And the guy that hundred percent that you know crawled to the finish line compared to some of the other guys. I mean that's that's a good enough that's a good enough tiebreaker for me. I haven't in the couple gladiators that I've done. I haven't I haven't gotten Diaz. I haven't even really uh, sniffed him. Um, but I just kind of, I, I really just think that that second half was because of the usage. I mean, you even see in August, I mean, he's got some, he's got a lot of one inning. He's got a lot of one inning outings, but it's like every time it was like four or five, six batters faced. And then you get, you know, a one and two thirds innings that's thrown in there. You get, uh, you know, a one and two thirds with seven batters faced. And two days later, he's facing four more batters. Two days after that, it's five more batters. Like it's just, you know, I, I think they really, and it's partly because they had nothing else. I right. mean, they, they had right. to bring him in in the eighth anytime they could even sniff a win. So hopefully, yeah. hope, and maybe they could still even add another guy or two um, into this bullpen. I would feel, I'd probably feel more comfortable drafting Diaz if they add another dude or two, because mm -hmm. then they don't have to rely on him to get, to get four or five outs every single time. I mean, they'll do it at some point through the year. Yeah. But it's it's you, a yeah it's a situation where they don't have to they're I, I'm sure they know this they don't want to wear him down again you know it wasn't really right. the case you know if you just look in April it was outside of one appearance it was four batters face or less you know from April into May and then it just you know they had some injuries pop up they actually started winning things creep up and now all of a sudden they're just using him you know using him every single time they could so yep. No, no, it makes sense. Um, and which is why I think there's a path to like Nick Martinez ending up in the bullpen if they don't address it or if they just, if oh, yeah, definitely, yeah, you know, there's, there's always that path to end up back there. All right, the uh, last signing we're going to cover Luis Severino goes to the New York Mets, which is the New York Kings. Um, I'm pretty excited about this as a, as um, as a Met fan. Um, I know we didn't have uh, a great season last year, pretty terrible 665 ERA, 165 whip. 478 Sierra, but I kind of like think that I don't know, just part of me thinks that the pitcher he was for the 600 innings prior of a 20% K minus walk and a 343 Sierra, I, I don't think that's far away. You know, what I'm trying to say, like, 
I'm I'm weighing the the prior five six hundred innings a little more than his recent seventy nine. I don't I don't know. What are your thoughts on Luis Severino? Yeah, I mean it's obviously worth it for the Mets. I mean it's it's a one year deal. You know, like you said, if you even get anything close to the guy from you know the first seven years of his career, you've got something that maybe you can resign him, or if things are going their way, they could flip him. Um, I, I think it's it's a hundred percent a gamble worth taking. I'm definitely a little a little worried though. I mean, I don't think he's going to have a six six ERA again this year. I I, I think he, I think it'll be better than that. Um, but when you see the swing strike rate drop as much as it did, that's that's definitely concerning. And it's just he sometimes you'd watch him and it's just like this isn't the same guy that used to be that you should be one of the best one of the best pitchers in baseball really. You know, there for a stretch. And I, I just, you have to almost have to wonder if I guess the injuries have maybe, yeah. maybe kind of taken a toll on him or maybe, you know, or maybe it was because of how he just didn't look confident out there. Maybe it is more of like a mental thing, you know, maybe, maybe it just kind of worn him down there, but we'll see where the price settles in. I could see. Maybe he started sh- drinking and the Yankees didn't address it. Oh, I'm just joking. I was. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's not even <laughs> like you, you're joking, but it's also kind of not a joke. I mean, I know, <laughs> I know, I know. Case, <laughs> no, I, mean, I know. I know. Literally, <laughs> literally saw it. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's three. Tw- I, I mean, you know, in, in DCs over the last month, he's his ADP is 321. I mean, that's even though I'm even though I'm worried. If it stays even remotely in that ballpark, um, I'm not going to be able to pass him up there. But I, I th- it's going to rise. So now that yes. he's and, and it is a ballpark improvement, you know, absolutely. Uh, I could yeah. see getting there, but I don't think he's going to be somebody that a target. It's just last year was just was just so bad, you know. Right. Like even the underlying stuff. Like there's some times where you see a where you see a pitcher where it's like, oh, you know, their ERA was five and a half, but if you look under the hood, it's it's it wasn't that bad. This wasn't six six bad, but it was still it was still bad. You know, like yeah, no, that's totally fair. Yeah. Absolutely fair. Um, you know, I think it's been noted by several people on Twitter, like Alex Chamberlain and you know Saris, like the fastball velocity didn't change. Um, that didn't go down, but the ride on it did by about an inch and a half. And you know, you you start pointing at the thing like right oblique, right lat. Um, mm-hmm. and it's that's just multiple times now with that right lat. So, um, and it was just like you even saw some of the follow through for him, it just didn't look the same. So, yeah, you almost um, wonder if his body can't hold up to mm-hmm. the way that he, you know, is torquing. Was, yeah, 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 yeah. which is which is which is definitely a problem, which is definitely a problem, <laughs> right? Right. Um, and I know there will be some jokes out there. It's like, not he's not going to the best medical team. You know, like the Mets have the same medical team that they've had for the last 20 years. But, um, you know, I think like it's like but the the velocity and the change up and slider did go down. The change up went down two miles an hour and a slider about one mile an hour. And, you know, I know like, you know, teams are more pushing for that harder slider versus like his now became more of like a, you know, like a loopy kind of semi curveball kind of looking thing. So. Um, yeah, I think for the 13 million bucks on the Mets side, it's, it's just a no brainer to see if he, if, oh yeah, yeah. But, and, and plus two, I'm just like, maybe I'm being a little, I'm not really a super op- optimistic or pessimistic Met fan. I think everyone knows that about me. I'm pretty neutral. I, I stay grounded because they, you know, being a fan of a team doesn't run my life. 
you know it's just a part yeah. of my life um but david stearns i'm not gonna question what he's doing right now i think you know whatever he's doing he's gonna push the right buttons and i that's why they brought him here we, we're waiting for him to come here to do these things um to, to take a step forward and, and i think they're They'll pinpoint something at Severino to get him back on track. And I absolutely in, um, involved in taking him at 320. It will go up, like you said, but um, I don't know if it rises up to that, like, two, what, 270, 250 range? Like, if he goes into mm -hmm. the Kenta Maeda range, is, is, is that still a feasible pick for you? I don't know. Um, well, I think I'd rather, I mean, like, just right here on the side. Just right here on the spot, I, th yeah. I think I might rather take Maeda. Um, but there's, I'm sure there's certain builds where I can maybe talk myself into, you know, wanting to, but they see, they both have, but they both probably have similar injury risk. I mean, honestly, mm -hmm. so I don't, I think I'd probably go my ADA there if they, if they settle it around the same ADP. Okay. I, I think I'm going to be, I think I'm going to be going my ADA, but there's, let me, uh, give me a sec. Let me pull up around that range. Let's see where else I'd be. So if he settles into there, I think, I think I'd go Kikuchi over him, uh, Mason Miller. That's all going to be what my staff looks like, you right. know, at that point. Uh, Cortez, I think I would, I would still probably go Cortez. Uh, I think his price is gonna is gonna rise here once people start digging into things. I think without so knowing, too. yeah, I, I'm gonna go Severino over Waka. Uh, I go Severino over Lance Lynn. Lugo kind of depends on where he ends up. I'm kind of interested in lugo i, I think i would go is that low to be honest but yeah i, I, I think it's just because he hasn't signed i mean i guess there's the risk yeah. he signed somewhere that's that's a bad park but he was he was i mean he was another one that he was good when he was pitching last year he was just legit yeah i know uh, there's probably the reservations about his his you know like oh he, people still think he's like this reliever who tried to be a starter yeah um you know but like well he yeah he was a reliever tried to be a starter and he succeeded yeah. and you he know? succeeded i know that's the <laughs> thing and like yeah. on the last day of the year on you know he went eight and yeah. two thirds and threw 122 pitches yeah <laughs> You know, it's like, I don't know. I just feel like he's in a great spot there yeah. at, at that ADP. I don't know why he's hanging yeah. that low. Yeah. Ty, I would take Severino over Tyone. Tyone's in this range. So there's that's that's a spot. There's definitely some there's definitely some guys that I would prefer over Severino, but there's def, uh, definitely some guys that I would def, I would rather with Severino for. I didn't realize Lance Lynn, there's a, someone's out there's excited about the, the Cardinals move, a 179 min, Ooh, min pick. Let's yeah, go, boy. Lance Lynn. Let's yeah, go, that's... baby. Listen, you take away 20 homers from 42 yeah. to 20, and yeah. you're talking about a brand new pitcher there. Um, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll probably still have maybe maybe one Lynch. Yeah, this gonna... year. It's not gonna, it can't be any more than one. <laughs> I mean, I can't do one. that. I can't do that again this year. It can't be more than one, but it can be yeah. one. That's the yeah. thing. I, I, I think there's, yeah. there's still stuff there. He could still, he could yeah. still chuck and, um, you know, especially now in the draft champions, listen, there's not going to be many guys that you could say, this guy is definitely going to throw 180 innings and he's one oh, of yeah. them. Yeah, and, sure. and, you know, and that, that, that counts for something. Volume is huge and draft champion. So if he's your SP eight or nine, whatever, and he's like, you don't have to throw him all the time. If he's kind of going through a bad stretch, whatever, but uh, more often than not, I think he'll be on your lineup. Uh, depending on your staff, you know. Um, all right, so let's um, hit up this market watch. So what I did was took some ADP from October into ADP from November. Um, it's only six November drafts in this mix. Um, but basically looking at the biggest 
risers and fallers and not in terms of overall uh raw number right because um the way i was looking at it is like a guy who goes from you know 530 to 500 isn't the same as a guy who moved from 110 to 80 right it's not that same 30 um pick movement because it's just different up at the top right um so it's just a little it's just a little kind of formula that that just shows ADP movement in in a percentage almost like just a way to measure ADP movement aside from raw numbers raw value so um the top guy who's changed his status the most um in terms of getting picked uh higher is Mr. Uh, Jung-Hoo Lee who has not signed with the major league team yet he was going 432 in October now he's up to 320 um but his 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 rating his movement rating right now is uh 34.6 on my thing so um quick thing on him like i know there's been some comparisons to hassan kim and, and like what he did in his first go around in the major leagues um is this something that you can be excited about at this pick or were you much rather in like in that in that older range of 430 take a shot at him um i, I think in this in this range Definitely. I'd be interested. I mean, his uh, uh, something that I'm just, I've always been bad at is just like, it is really when guys come from overseas. Yes. Me just, too. It's just a blind, <laughs> it's just a blind spot. Like I'm like, I, I don't know. Like you can t- yep. look, sh- you can show me all these like gaudy, amazing stats. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, cool. I, I, I just, I rarely end up with, with players that are brand new to major league baseball. But I mean at that, I, I just don't, I think once he, I think basically the bump, was the posting bump right? I mean, okay, he's coming over, yes. And now it's, it's there's going to be another. There's going to be another bump, most likely, depending on where he signs, because he's probably going to sign somewhere to be an everyday player. You would imagine, and depending on which which team that is and what that depth chart looks like, there could be even be another bump. But the 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 KBO numbers are just there's. I mean, there's one season with power, but then the rest of them there's like is like no power. Like, the speed seems to like kind of slowly be ticking down. So is this a, yeah. And he just fractured his ankle, right? He's coming off a fractured ankle too. Yeah, so like, yeah. there's that. I, is this just like, maybe like a poor man's Arias? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how that power is yeah. going to translate. I know some guys, the power translates fine. Some guys it doesn't. Uh, I'm just not. Yeah, sure. If it's in the three hundreds and he, you know, has a really just any job, it, it can even be on, not a good team and you know you're going to be interested in the 300s if he's looks like he's got a job i just think it's gonna you're gonna get another bump up again once he does sign and i'm at that point i'm i'm probably gonna be i just i, I kind of want to see it you know what i mean mm-hmm. like i just i'm i'm not smart enough to know how the exactly how every single person that comes over from the kbo or from japan how their numbers are going to translate Hundred percent. Um, I I usually like to see it too. Even with Senga mm-hmm. last year, and totally different with a pitcher. But mm-hmm. I was just like, ah, you know, I, I let me. I'm see a little it. more willing to try a pitcher though. Yeah. The hitters, I mean, there's just been so many that just like so many. You know, right, right. Like right. I, it wasn't that long ago, and I'm not. You know, they could be completely different levels of skill over in the KBO. But like, you get somebody like Shogo Akiyama that comes over. And there was yeah. people were excited about him, and he was he was back over there after a year, right? Or it was definitely no more than two years that he was that he was two, in the majors. Yeah, you know. Like, yep. Yep. Yeah, and it's just it you know. Good. But then, 
yeah, I'm, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll probably end up sitting it out unless it's the, unless he, if, if there's some scenario where he has a primary role or everyday job, but he's still here chilling in the three hundreds outside. Of that, I'm not, I'm probably not going to have him. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that's been made about him. He's 25. He's a good center fielder. Like he could, you know, like he could play, he's an athlete. Um, but yeah, I would just like the power has gone up and down. Um, in, yeah, you know, did did they have the a KBO. did they have their commissioner over there experimenting with the ball with, with balls too? <laughs> could have, you know, it could have. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, 100%. Like, we yeah. have no idea. Um, but it's interesting. Um, I did. I got him once um, in in like one of the October DCs, early early ones, and like you know deep in the five fifties, and that kind of fucks with me too. <laughs> Yeah, it's like I've yeah, gotten like, him there once, and like yeah. I don't want to take him at three fifty. Yeah, yeah, why would I pay this price when I? Yeah, can yeah, why would, yeah. <laughs> that price yeah, is that... gone, but it is what it is, you know. Um, all right, let's move on to um, Pablo Lopez, whose October ADP was sixty. Now he's at forty four and a half. Um, he's one of the biggest movers in terms of this percentage movement. Um, you know, being treated as an SP one, I think he's an SP one personally. Um, I think it's kind of validated. Is this too aggressive of a of a bump up for you? No, it's not. I, I've I've been a Lopez fan for a while now, and actually, unfortunately, I kind of started to get out because of the injuries. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I regret that now. But I mean, he this is two years in a row now where he stayed healthy. I know that doesn't always mean anything for a pitcher but but it's exciting yeah it's exciting that he that he is he is physically capable of lasting you know 31 32 starts for an entire season i mean we talked a little bit ago about how the twins are with pitchers we're going to break down the twins a little bit later in this episode i mean you see that bump and swinging strike rate right there that's enough to just put him from just really good to now where he is probably a low end uh sp1 you know, you see where he's, you see where the guys that he's going around. He is the, if you remove relievers, he's the ninth starter off the board. If I'm doing that right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think depending on where glass now ends up, I'm still probably going to prefer Lopez. I, I think just with the injury history with glass now is like, is probably more real than Lopez. Maybe I'm being foolish, you know, assuming that I can predict stuff like that, but I'm definitely going to take him over like Scoobles right there. I would, take Lopez every time because we we actually know there's real any concerns with with Scooble and then the couple that are going right in front of him Gosman I would I would definitely take over Lopez every single time but I mean you could talk me into taking him over Gallon or George Kirby I'd probably still go go Gallon and Kirby over them definitely Kirby but um yeah I mean he he should be right there and he's yeah yeah I mean it's I it's it. gonna be you know, 2024 is the year of Pablo Lopez being a, a low end SP one. It is. It definitely is. And it's so funny. Um, when I, when I was at first pitch Arizona for baseball HQ, I was part of the, uh, a starting pitching panel and we had to, you know, um, talk about, uh, Pablo Lopez, uh, Joe Ryan and Jesus Lazardo and kind of like make a pick on like who we prefer at cost, you know? Um, and to me, like I, I love, I kind of love all those guys in in certain ways, but my whole thing was like, what are we even doing, right, as fantasy managers? Because we've and and I guess this is the bump up too. This is like the confirmation that people are starting to feel about him. But like, you know, we've always said like, he could really be an SP one as long as he stayed healthy, and now he's had stayed healthy, and on top of that, 
he's gotten so much better. It's so yeah, much that's better. The thing. It's, that's it's the health, thing. But then there's also been this skill improvement that right. that I don't know that we could have definitely banked on a couple of years ago. Hundred so percent. It's awesome. 100%. Yeah. Third I mean, biggest no other increase way to... in K to walk for any starting yep. pitcher, like almost 7% increased. Um, he's had 234 Ks last season. It's yeah. just filthy. And then another, you know, another um, twin, right? Adds the sweeper, gets a 17% swing and strike on it. He's got four pitches above 15.8% swing and strike rate. Um, his extension grew by like four inches, two on the four seamer. So again, the twins just, Gained a mile and a half on a fastball, like, and that perceived uh, velo because of extension plus the velo bump went up to like almost ninety-seven miles per hour. Like the twins, I'm telling you, man, the, tw the twins just it's 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 something to feel confident with. Like I know everyone talks about oh the Dodgers and oh this or the Indians, but to me right now it's the twins. Like give me a twin pitcher and I feel confident <laughs> about what yeah, they're doing. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's. I wouldn't have any hesitation to as yep. as Lopez being uh, the anchor of my staff this year. Nice. Um, okay, third guy who's got the biggest bump here is Cody Ballinger. Previous ADP was fifty eight. Now he's up to forty five. Um, maybe it's just uh, you know everyone getting a sense for the player pool and be like, oh well, he's first baseman. I could slot him there. I like it. What's your thoughts on Mister Ballinger? Yeah, and I think. I think a lot of people are kind of already putting him on the Yankees and maybe they're trying to beat mm. the, beat the bump there. I'm mm. even if he does go to the Yankees, like you, you touched on this, you, you've nailed this with his, you know, home run to barrel rate, you know, last year, how is that possible for that to continue? I mean, I guess it could continue if he is in Yankee stadium, but I'm not, I mean, especially right now, I'm not, I'm not going to draft him hoping that he signs with one particular team. So I'm, I'm probably going to be out on Bellinger pretty much regardless at this price anyway, um, regardless of, of where he ends up. So, yeah, I, I, I did a super deep dive on him on the Patreon. Um, and he, you know, I was kind of like, there's, there's certain things that stick out. Like he can't repeat this. Like you said, 26 homers off 26 barrels. That's league average is 58.6. And so, you yeah. know, but he did a good job of, um, you know, like, really taken advantage of his pulled home runs and his pulled fly balls. Um, like he, he, his average distance of his pulled barrels went from 369 feet in 2022 to 396. That's almost 30 feet, um, you know, and pulling the ball. Uh, and, and that's, that's something that I was getting twisted on. Like, is this the guy who's getting back? Like, you know, injuries sometimes just like prospects aren't linear. Like you don't come mm -hmm. back from them instantly or the same. And is he going back to the old guy or is he just in this state where this is him making more contact, trying not to strike out as much? He hasn't hit a ball over 110 since 2020. And I know Max EV isn't everything, but like he used to regularly <laughs> smack balls over 110, you know? So um, like that's, that kind of maxi V range is guys like Elvis Andrews and Nico Horner, Luis Van Hifo, uh, Brandon Donovan. And again, I know maxi V isn't the all like tell all, but to me, there's like certain things that 
um, uh, you know, that are like, oh, this is interesting, but there's certain things that um, are not. The one thing that uh, you could find on evanalytics.com is the percentage of balls that someone hits in the air that go over 100 miles an hour. And he's, is that 22%? That's like IKF, um, Josh <laughs> Harrison. Like, that's not a good range to be in. Yeah. It's so you're really telling me low. that's bad. Yeah, me but, that's bad. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. I don't know. I just think that this it's it's got, you know, I hope he trends back to being Cody Ballinger. I love I love watching guys do well. Like I'm not rooting for anyone yeah. to fail. I just think it's a little too rich for um maybe the first base outfielder too is is really, you know, what is attracting people as well. You could slot him in and you know, corner and first and outfield. That's big. Um but not big enough for me to, you know just say no and you know get first baseman elsewhere you know but um i'm rooting for him like if he i wouldn't be shocked right if all of a sudden he is hitting balls above 110 consistently because he has it in him um it's just like is his body going back or is this it you know and did he peak here um so i don't know it'd be interesting to see what happened to him um but all right let's hit uh what do we got here eric fetty you got any thoughts on eric fetty i mean he smashed it last year um he's just i have so much i have so many memories of eric fetty like so many so many dreams of him just like oh i think this you know he turned the corner he did this and that he's still he's gonna be 31 by the time the season starts um former first round pick 18th overall by the nats um but you know the team that has him in the kbo has offered him like an extensive like one of the highest highest allowable contract for their you know for having an american player on the team so um is it worth speculating at right now which is which is 554 um is it worth throwing a dart at 554 i think his previous dart at 690 it would have been there but <laughs> 554 now we're getting into actual guys who can you know do yeah that are gonna anything. definitely be in the majors this year right. most likely yeah right. um right. I, I know there's been there's been a good handful of guys that have struggled in the majors. They've gone to another league, fixed some things, came back and been better. I, I just don't like. I'll have a soft. I weirdly will have a soft spot for Eric Fetty because <laughs> in 2021 he Here had like he had down the stretch like three starts, all of them against the Marlins, and he just freaking <laughs> dominated them. And I he helped me win a league. Uh, I just, you know, how you have at the end of the year, you know, like this year with me on the last day of the year, Miles Michaelis single-handedly flipped an OC for me because he had 10 strikeouts on the last day of the year. And you'll never forget it. I have one year, the short season, Charlie Morton had like an amazing start, like the second to last day of the year and clinched the league for me. Like there was one, like I said, it was 2021. I just pulled it up. He had three starts out of seven against the Marlins with 10 Ks, 8 Ks, 5 Ks, and four runs total allowed in those three starts. Like, just, you know. He did it. Yeah. I mean, two win and two wins in those three starts. Like, I will always love Eric Fetty for that, but he will not, most likely not be on any of my teams this year. I just kind of, like, yeah, I need to see it, man. I'm not, <laughs> I can't just, like, just assume, oh, this guy that wasn't good, he went to Japan or he went to the KBO and he fixed some things and now he's, you know, and now he's really good again. Um no, I, not interested. Always love you, Eric Fetty, but not this year. Yep, I I, I agree. I, I agree. I, I, 
I'm and he hasn't, he's not even definitely coming yeah, back. I know that's the, that's thing. the thing. Yeah, I if got he was burned. definitely, yeah, if he was definitely coming back, you know, okay, maybe, but no. I've been burned with Dan Straley the last two years in DC. He's like taking a, even the 50th <laughs> round pick. Be like, ah, let's go for Straley. He's going to come back to the States yeah. and he never does, even though I be like, he loves it there. He's not coming back. It's like, Stefan Marbury, you know, he just went, yeah. he went to China. He didn't want to come back because everyone loved him there. We yeah, they're like, building building statues of him. Fucking statue. But I know this is not a basketball pod, but, you know, I I went to yeah. school. I, I'm the same age as him. And I like I went I went to his rival high school. So I saw Marbury play all the time in high school, uh, traveled to various high schools in yeah. Brooklyn to see him play. And he was fucking Jordan. <laughs> in, seriously he he was yeah. a guy like he would just drop 30 and 10 by the half and just completely look like he was a, a man amongst children you know yeah. and like what a what a crazy thing the doc the netflix doc on him are, are so cool just to see that you know how he was embraced and loved and he's like no way i'm going back like this is yeah. this is this is where i want to be like this i love it so yeah good cool for, for him, him. 100 yeah. percent all right so let's get a guy in like the like a different price range right now we're gonna go to jose leclerc who in um october draft was in the 231 range now he's sitting in at the 186 range probably built off a lot of his playoff performance and also the fact that they kept going to him in the playoffs um they they activated his contract for this season um I love the changes that he actually made in his arsenal and to become a better pitcher and was truly effective. But the, and, and I'm not doubting cause I've been a Leclerc guy for the last two, three years. If anyone's been following me on podcast, know this, but I just feel like Josh Hader makes the most sense for the Rangers. Um, and that's why I have a little hesitancy in him, but the fact that he's rising is interesting as well. What are your thoughts on Leclerc? Yeah, I think it's the rise is definitely part of the the postseason, you know, the results of the postseason kind of sinking in for people. Mm -hmm. Yes. But you I mean, you nailed it. I mean, there's it would not surprise it should. I mean, it shouldn't anyway. It shouldn't surprise anyone if Texas does go get, you know, a hater or someone that's, you know, definitely going to be the closer or even maybe not definitely going to be closer, but they just add, you know, another guy or two to kind of muddy the waters. And you got to yeah. think with, and especially with, um, you know, someone like a Bochi, like he's not going to just give away the closer's job to the clerk after what he did in the postseason for to just anyone. But if there's more people there in that bullpen, and they already have a talented bullpen, you know, on top of anyone else that they could potentially add, this could this is tough, man. This could either no. be a freaking <laughs> steal, right, or or just like, oh man, that you know that pick, like I. You know, for like for DC's, like man, I took him there and I used him like three times all season. Like, yes, I know. It's, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's you. You're if you're when you're drafting in November and December without the without the full picture. I mean, you gotta you gotta sometimes you gotta take risks. You know, it picks like this because this could right. be. I mean, with this, on a team like that, on a team like that, as good as as good as they probably will be again, and with his with his skills, I mean, this is easily you know, the potential for a top seven, eight closer and you're getting him, you know, you're getting him here. I mean, that's a slam dunk if it happens. Yeah, man. I, um, having I said, all, having said all that, I'm probably not doing it right now. Cause I'm just, there's just too, I mean, it's tough. Like you look at some of the other relievers, um, going near him, you know, we talked our last pot about Cano. I don't 
and his price is dropping a little bit. I, I don't think he's going to be the closer for the Orioles. And, you know, you go up a little further. Actually, there's a lot of starters in this range. Uh, yep. Kenley, I mean, you know, I'm probably, I mean, I don't know about you. I know you love LeClerc. I'm still probably taking, I'm still taking Kenley over LeClerc right, right today. If I had to make it, if I, Oh yeah, he's got, if he's I was got a clock. job. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah. He's, I mean, LeClerc ended, you know, with the job. I think there's something to be said to guys who end the season with the job, just getting yeah. a little bit of security, but mm-hmm. yeah, Kenley Jansen is a, a possible future hall of famer who's uh, i mean maybe even the skills are slightly getting worse every year and you have issues with his mm-hmm. you know heart condition or mm-hmm. his leg that's fine it's totally yeah. fair he's still good though he's still he's very still, good he's still yeah. very good at his cost right now it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's very very fair um yeah so him versus kirk yes definitely um you know a- interesting mm-hmm. situation there i mean like i said i'm just nervous about the about the about the hater possibility mm-hmm. or maybe they yep. trade maybe they have the team that trades for class a or yeah or, or Devin williams if they move or, him yeah. right 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 but um you know if you like look at the rolling average graph for leclerc you see like the moment that he stopped throwing his fastball um as much his zone contact went uh down the swinging strike went up started throwing the sinker and the slider more um second half of the season i mean in, in 31 games in the second half of the season. You have 40 Ks, uh, 30 innings pitch, 40 Ks, 235 ERA, uh, 31% K rate. Walk rate was a little high, but 17% swing and strike. Zone contact at 76%. That's 8% better than league average. Like he made legit strides and back to kind of like that guy that we felt really comfortable with. And this is why I'm so torn because he's always been my guy, right? He's always Mm -hmm. been my guy. I've always loved him. He's again, originally stemmed from him just being the the guy that won me a league. And I'd never forget that. Um, So I'm very torn with this one. Um, I have taken a couple of shots um, in in like the two tens, two twenties. I will if I have to in a draft. If I'm have if I have my hands tied and I need some saves, I I won't mind going there. But like you said, it could be a home run pick or it could be like fuck, you know, like now what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> then you could use him maybe twice. It's like you did last season where you used him like not yeah. not a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's look at some guys on the flip side um, of of this movement list. Guys who have fallen um, a little bit in drafts. I'm not gonna hit on the Kershaw Woodruff. We know why those are happening. But the first guy um, after them is your boy, your Baltimore Oriole, Heston Kerstad, who was going in October um, at 376. Now he's sitting at 491. Um, this maybe you're thinking like this guy. Uh, again, people are kind of taking a look at you know, depth charts and not have a season ended and looking at maybe he's not going to get as much time as I thought he is. Right. I mean, that could be the only reason I think of. of yeah. Players. I mean, the, the last, the last pod you and I did when we, we talked about the Orioles, I, right now they haven't made a trade. And, and I, like I said, I can think there's a trade coming. A lot of people think there's a trade coming, you know, beat reporters, national, national reporters. But until that happens, I mean, Curse that at 350, 370 is just not, not that's just not a good pick. <laughs> Flat out, it's just not a good pick. Uh, <laughs> but but I think that's why the drop is happening. I think people are really starting to look into things and be like, well, he could he could easily be an opening day player for them, or he could be in AAA for two, three months. You know, and I, I think that's 
that's a hundred percent why why it dropped. And he's you know if we do this again, you know, in a month or six weeks or whatever, and a trade has happened in that time, he could be on the flip side back on the list we just did with the highest risers, and it, it wouldn't shock me either. I mean, the power is legit, but yes, right. But as of right now, you can't you can't be taking him inside the top, you know, four hundred even in my in my opinion. Right. Yeah, I think this is a valid drop just in terms of the way, like you said, the way the roster is right now and the current, uh, you know, environment for him. Um, nothing of the talent. It's just of the of the roster build. Um, David Peterson of the Mets, his previous ADP was 427. Now he's dropped to 527, one of the bigger drops on the pitcher side. Um, I mean... This is, I guess, maybe another anticipation of him being squeezed out of a of a of a rotation job. Um, I do think that he's going to get a chance to, um, you know, at least given the opportunity to compete for a job. Uh, right now, we got Senga Quintana, Severino mm-hmm. with McGill, Lucchese, and David Peterson, and I don't. Not I've never been a uh, Peterson guy, but I know he just had oh he just had hip surgery, right? Is that all yeah, right? I think that's probably why oh, the drop probably, is. That's right, that's yeah, right, he's that's not. Right. I totally, yeah. yeah, I forgot about that hip surgery. Yep, yep, yeah. yeah. So no, it's I, but I do like more. yeah. I I I like Peterson a lot. I think there's there's a good pitcher in there somewhere. We may never see it, but as for yeah, I mean if the guy's gonna miss the first you know month of the season or what or whatever, or even if it's just a late start to spring. You know, he may it may take him a while to crack back into that rotation. May go to a spot where it becomes a buying opportunity. He goes into the seven hundreds or six fifty. Oh yeah, like five yeah. five sixty seven. I think you're still getting useful players there. But you mm-hmm. go past, you know, the six six hundred yeah. six fifty, then then it might yeah, become wheel, a spot. wheels up there. Yeah, yeah, because that's like there. right, right, because that's like a um, you know, trying to hit like that prospect who's going to get called up for the second half. If you get like sixty good innings of Peterson in the second half, again, that's again just just just, just given his. Yeah. I don't know. He had a lot of. He's just so up and down for me. I'm just. Uh, he just gives me so much agita watching him because, like you said, he's just one of those guys. Like, bro, you have the talent. Where is it? I'm still under the impression that him and McGill were using sticky stuff two years ago. Yeah. On their skills. <laughs> and considering, McGill especially. Yeah. McGill especially with the ride yeah. and the velo and, and Peterson too, because like he 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 his yeah. his slider wasn't didn't get as much horizontal sweep to it as he was getting prior and he yeah. left it in the middle of the zone a lot. And I think teams knew that and they sat on all his other pitches too. It was just yeah. uh, a pretty big disaster. I for felt him. so hard for McGill that year. I had him on like every freaking team. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And that's why I was very hesitant <laughs> last year when he came out and, and you know, on the fat, like he was a big fab pickup one week and I was like, I'm yeah. not doing it. I'm just it's not. Like the, it was like the first or second, like big fab. Right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It was very early. And I was like, nah, not doing it right now. on McGill. Um, what about Shane Bieber? He's over here sitting at a previous ADP of 150 in October. Now he's at 184. Um, I'm in a, I'm in a current DC. Um, wait, let me bring up where, where he went um, in this draft. But uh, 222, um, Mr. Shane Bieber. What are your thoughts on Bieber? I mean, is this a spot where you're like, I might take a chance on him? Definitely, I, yeah. I mean, the, I, I would have thought too much. Of he's one of those guys, me. like, yeah, he's one of those guys that I'm like, I'm not going to have him next year. You know what I mean? As the season's going along, you see kind of the things are going, and then the season ends, you start looking at things. I'm like, I'm not going to have Bieber, and then you see where the price ends up, and it's like, meh, yeah, man, 
Maybe yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, you know, he's not going to be, I mean, almost definitely. It sounds like he won't be pitching for Cleveland next year, but I mean, depending on where he lands up, this price could drop even more. And he's not, yeah, he, he's one of those, this happens a lot. Like it happens with hitters and pitchers where this guy used to be, you know, a stud, right. And they are no longer studs, but they're still right. really good. Like, right. I, th- I think the two that come to mind last year were probably like Christian Yelich and Bregman. Like, they aren't second round players anymore, but they're still good. And there was mm-hmm. a discount there because everybody in their head was like, oh, I used to take this player in the second round. Bieber used to be my the ace of my staff, you know, and he's not that anymore. So screw him. And it's just that that creates buying opportunities. And I mean, if he's going to be pushing down into the 200s, I mean, yeah, yeah, that's that's going to be very interesting. I, I would totally agree, man. I mean, I, I've gotten him um in 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 one gladiator. The reason I didn't get him in this DC, I was very interested, but I, I went a little pitching heavy up at the top. Um I got Cole, Logan Webb, and Joe Ryan all uh Cease all by round eight. So I was kinda like my strategy to get some early pitching and then pivot to just loading up on bats and it was a couple of later targets I had for pitchers, so um, but I, I mean, I kept looking at him. He was in my queue. I kept thinking about it. Um, projected this year for Steamer for a fifteen point six percent K rate, uh, K minus walk, mm-hmm. which is around like it's the same projected K minus walk for Christian Javier, Charlie Morton, um, Justin Steele, uh, Lucas Giolito. So I mean, I, I don't think there's going to be a complete deterioration to him being this unusable um you know player um i kind of like it you know, honestly mm-hmm. i i just think that again with these guys who know the like the decreased velocity uh, turns people off but there's also something to like guys that are just going to be like crafty enough to make it work um and there's like a transition from you know getting older and losing velo to be to go into another arsenal right to getting a little better elsewhere so i don't know and i wouldn't put it i wouldn't put it past shane bieber because i think he's good enough Mm -hmm. as a pitcher um and whether he stays or not you know with the guardians um i think he stays with the guardians if you wait like a a lot more confident that he could yeah definitely you know yeah i mean the skills last year weren't like i said they weren't peak bieber obviously but they were still you know okay enough and then when you factor in when he that he was you know, probably the last couple starts that he made before the before he went in the IL, and then when he came back, he was clearly not, you know, not a hundred percent. So I, I think there's there's definitely a chance of of this being a steal, you know, if, if this price continues to drop. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, I do like that he came back. You know, that, that yeah, yeah, that's definitely important. And he didn't, you know, it he didn't come back and like McKenzie and walk like eight guys. <laughs> <laughs> Or whatever that ridiculous yeah. start that they yeah. had poor McKenzie have at the end of the year. Hundred <laughs> percent. The velocity was like right back to where it was, and it's funny because like right before, I mean, his velocity was like averaging like ninety one eight, ninety one five on the four seamer, and then like his three starts before he went on the IL, it went up to ninety two three, ninety two four. So it's almost like maybe he something happened there where I don't know if he was trying to overthrow, but definitely something was wrong mechanically but just to see him get back in there and throw and chuck it um you know again i just feel like you know and 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 he's he's 
you're talking about a, like a former Cy Young pitcher who's going to be a free agent in 2025. So I think he's working. He's going to work his ass off to be mm-hmm. solid. So I think this is a really, really good buying opportunity. Um, all right, let's go to the Twins. I think we hit enough of those market uh, watch kind of guys. Unless you want to hit the other three guys, I any one of the other three guys I wrote down. It's up to you. Uh no, I mean, Scherzer stands out a little bit, kind of with the yeah, same yeah. thing as Bieber. I mean, yep. I think they're kind of in the same. I mean, Scherzer's going to cost a little more, um, but and he's not going to change teams. But I just think it's still one forty. Like yeah, one forty I mean, November ADP. Yeah, like that that live gladiator that you and I were in. Uh, what was that last week or whatever? Um, he just kept falling, and he almost yeah. he almost <laughs> made it to me. Um, but I was I was kind of pissed when he didn't because I. Tried to play the, I tried to play the draft board game and I was, yeah, like, ah. yeah, yeah. It was, well, I think it was uh, Jason DuPont. I was like, nah, he's got too many pitchers. He's not going to take him. And damn if he didn't, but yes, he did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I mean, yeah, like Scherzer's not going to give you SP1 numbers anymore. Like, no shit, you know, but I just, yeah, I mean, if he's going to stay here, like, yeah, yeah, even, give me all, even give me all the like give me all the Scherzer this year, you know. Right, even if it's only 130, right, but, 150 innings, like. But it's it, yeah, they're good 150 innings. That's the thing. Um, exactly, the skills are still there. Like, yeah. Like the last two seasons, yeah. He so he only went to 145 and 152 innings, but still had a combined 305 ERA, mm-hmm. um, a 334 Sierra, and he still pumped out uh, way more than a cape. Or nine, you know, 298 innings, 347 Ks. So uh, he's projected for a 403 ERA from, from Steamer with uh, 196 Ks and uh, 20.7 K to walk, uh, which is what he did last year. And like I said, if he did mm-hmm. what he did last year at the spot on the Rangers, tons of win opportunities. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's very reasonable for Scherzer. Um, I think there's value in 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 like regression drafting um you know like mm-hmm. catching the guys who are just not far off from where they were last year you know in terms of skills and um you know of course you could pick nits and find the things that are really bad about him or me maybe, maybe yeah. even like him himself he like you think max shows is like a whining baby because he's you know <laughs> like a lot of people do think yeah. he is i mean he's just speaking up for the union and the fact that yeah. he represents the players that he doesn't want them to see injured in the future <laughs> it's yeah and I, mean, I, well i think you tell he cares i mean he wouldn't yeah he would right. like, you know, act like that if he didn't care. So yeah, I, I think him and Bieber are in similar, in similar boats, just at different ranges of the draft. But yeah, I mean, let keep letting their price drop. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of the poor hitter podcast. Um, this episode got a little chopped off because we did a full long episode, which we did. We covered the Minnesota twins. And what I did was I just chopped it up into another episode. So we don't get the farewell goodbye in the actual um, at the end of the clip there, talking about Shane Bieber and Max Scherzer. So apologize for that, but uh, thanks for listening to another episode of the Poet Podcast with Randy Haynes. And check out the next one where we talk, talk about the Minnesota Twins ADP and their projection for next season and what their depth chart looks like at the moment. And I uh, hope everyone is doing well and don't be a bag of shit.